0: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you're watching us from. Please join in, in the comments and let us know. Uh, welcome to the Monday edition of Celtic Down Under, uh, the weekend review with West Australian edition. We've got myself, Sean, on hosting duties, joined again by Anthony, Paul and Tommy. Very consistent guys. I think we're on quite a streak here. Better form than Sevco for making appearances here. What appearances in Ryan Kent in the last month, put it that way. Uh, Anthony, how are you feeling about champion yourself?
1: Well, <clears throat> first things first, Sean, I think we need to sort of celebrate yeah because um, yeah, we are um, champions once again. Um, obviously, we sort of said a while ago that this was going to happen, um, but, you know, it's all the sweeter when it actually does happen. Um, so, yeah, so I'm uh, in a party mood at the moment because, uh, yeah, well done Celtic, well done Ange, and it's another title.
0: Yeah, and we have to look like, we have to enjoy it every time, man. Like the, the second you stop enjoying it, what's the point? Go support uh party festival at that point. Do you know what I mean? Like we're here for success and and amongst all the social good that we do, you know. You can um, never
1: take it for granted, you've got to yeah. enjoy it while it happens because you never know what's around the corner. You've just got to, you know, you've got to enjoy it while it, while it's there. And um, you know, i a lot of his when Ange came on board in the show you went, we reckon you will go all right, but a treble, a potential treble in his second season. I think that's probably a bit better than just all right. So, um, so yeah, no, exciting times.
0: So obviously, we uh, with our time difference, the game started at uh, nine fifteen uh, PM for us last night. So it wasn't too bad. The, the eastern states were like starting just before midnight, so it was a, it was a bit rougher for them. So I'm guessing you, you did you watch it at home, Tommy, or did you go out?
2: Yeah, I went down to the CSC. Uh, myself, my mum went down. It uh, wasn't that busy. It was in the Linnet's Lounge, Linnet's Lounge, the the, the oh, one that we watched up, generally. Man. Yeah, they opened that up, um, so it was a bit. It wasn't really like full. There's probably I reckon maybe a bit seventy five to a hundred people there, which isn't mm. bad for a Sunday night nine fifteen kickoff. You know, so I have not been hard about going to be honest, just with working and, and everything. But yeah, I thought me got to be there. So yeah, that no, was a good night. A bit of a stodgy performance, which which we'll get on to. I'm, I'm sure, but uh, that's all that matters is the three points, get it done first time of asking. And, um, yeah, lovely way to end the weekend.
0: Yep. And, Paul, have you decided to start playing football yet this year or are you you still under the thumb that you're married? I don't know if it's under
3: the thumb, but uh, (laughs) I've still not been at the physio for the hammy, so until I've Ah, done that, I'm... uh,
1: I think your recruitment technique needs a wee bit of work there, Sean. Just
0: quietly. (laughs) (laughs) I I keep getting uh, getting told I've got options of
1: clubs, so I'm not... uh, not Are you afraid it. of Morelos? you you got options or what?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, apparently clubs want to pay twenty million for me, uh, but then nobody, nobody's lining up. So Chinese clubs. It does, it Big does geez. sound, it does sound very similar to Morelos. I'm probably <laughs> after losing some weight before the wedding. I'm probably thinner than him at the minute. Hmm. <laughs> That's not so hard though.
0: Really. <laughs> That's what I was going to say like, like, yeah. yeah. uh, supposed professional, more than Ross Kemp. Do you know what I mean like what's what we saying here? <laughs> Um, Right, Paul, I'll just bounce straight back to you then. So I'm guessing you watched the game at home last night, uh, or did you see Tommy at the club?
3: No, I uh, I did see it at home last night. Um, And by the time we got, you know, followed up on celebrations and other bits and pieces, you know, probably less than six hours kit before getting up and getting the day ahead so uh, yeah I'm pretty yeah pretty it's been a, been a tough day in terms of uh just getting through but you know, obviously as the boys have mentioned when you've got something as good as we've just had uh, in terms of celebration it's always just push you push it through so yeah I watched at home um pretty much sober. I'd had a few beers in the afternoon but they'd pretty much worn off by the time the match kicked in so again no real need to do much watch back which uh probably for the best because it wasn't the greatest game we've had this season.
0: To be honest, uh, I did watch back the final fifteen minutes because uh, I'd realised this morning, this afternoon, that like I'd pretty much switched off after the second goal went on and just kind of stopped paying attention to what was happening football wise. I was just getting ready to celebrate. Um, so, yeah, it was. You're right though. Watching the, the the celebrations and stuff was taking us up to like close to one am. So it was a, a rough day at work today. And my kid's sick as well. She's in bed just now with cold. So if I randomly disappear at some point, you guys just carry on without me. Pretend I'm pretend I'm just gone for a pee or something like that. So uh Paul, give us your overall uh your thoughts and the overall performance, and then we'll work our way around hearing everyone else as well.
3: Yeah, thanks, Sean. Um oh, look, like I say, pretty stodgy. Uh not the greatest performance. We plate of hearts first half they they you know they share a lot of energy probably up 25 minutes half an hour they were they were probably the better side um they put us under some pressure had us pinned back high press we struggled to get through it i think that you know that we didn't pass that well out of defense and um, which was a key key issue in that um but for all of that um never mind that, that period of pressure they didn't have a single shot on target in the whole match i think on the stats that i look back that's at that's correct so. yeah so, uh, for all the the sort of noise coming out that they were the better team until the sending off, and I'm sure we'll get into that in more detail. Uh, it's it, obviously that's the major turning point of the match, right? But you kind of think that even if that hadn't happened, we were starting to get on top in the last five, 10 mi- minutes of the game. Um, obviously, if he doesn't do the foul, then you know it's a pretty good chance of a goal, which is what led to the red. Um, and you just assume that the the kind of relentless nature of our play and the the energy that they had to sort of put into it it would have eventually told otherwise it would or it, or it would have been it'd be repeated out like the the, the match the other week against mother well no no so look uh, job done as far as i'm concerned um uh, we'll get into the like i said we'll get into the red but for me it's a it's an absolute stonewall um i don't know what Oh, we'll come back to that. But um, yeah, well, we did enough, um, and 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 sort of strengthened the, the second half, and actually played some nice stuff second half. Yeah, so albeit, still on the performance. Had albeit, 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 albeit we had a bit more space, obviously, because we were one man down.
0: Yeah. So, Tommy, um, I, I was of the opinion there was there was certainly nervousness about us up until the point we scored. Uh, did do you agree with that? And do you think, if so, do you think it was uh, down to the atmosphere, the venue? Uh, the unconventional style of play we were facing or even the kind of momentous occasion of winning the league what do you think?
2: It's interesting it's hard to know I didn't think it when I was watching the game um, I didn't really nervous it wasn't one thing that sort of really sort of stuck out to me I just thought we were really slack with the passing it sort of reminded me of the first half against Rangers with the passing that were just giving the ball away and just conceding uh, possession quite cheaply back to them they did presses quite well and a lot of energy, um, but it didn't really create anything. Joe Hart didn't have a safety make. I think the Aussie centre half had a shot from outside the box, and that was as close as they went. So we defended well, struggled, as Paul said, to get through the press. Um, but then we got up around halfway, or just our final ball was, was quite poor. We just kept on conceding possession. But I think around the 35-minute mark, you could see that they were sort of starting to get tired already. You could see that they'd put a lot into that first half hour of presses and, and put us under pressure, So, and you've got to give them credit for that. Um, but it felt to me the last ten minutes we got control of the game and um yeah second half I just thought first fifty minutes were still a bit patchy with the passing, but the first goal changed everything and then after the first goal we just get back to the way we can play passing and movement. I think the subs made a difference when they all come on. I thought they made a bit of a contribution. I was a bit surprised that you left the subs a bit late, to be honest. I've probably got Moy on probably around half time, yeah, uh, just because O'Reilly was on a yellow um, and just don't want to give them a chance to the ref the chance to even it up, um, but yeah. And then after the goal, as I said, it was sort of pretty pretty easy street since as as the first one went in. It was game over as far as I was concerned.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. It was a relief. Uh, hmm. Anthony, uh, if you look at the the BBC uh, match ratings that the fans like vote for, the top five rated uh, Celtic players uh, were the five subs that came on. Uh, so the eleven subs, the eleven starting players were all below them. Uh, do you think that's fair, or do you think it was a reflection of Hart's fatiguing with ten men? Do you think it was the goal settleders? Do you think it was Ange putting them on blast at halftime? What do you think was the 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 uptick in the performance in the second half was down to
1: all of the above? Um, <clears throat> it was you know it was a, it was a poor first half. I mean Hearts set the stall out early to press high and, and fair play to Naismith. He had his team set up reasonably well. Um, interesting. Enough, some of Neesmith's comments pre-match were actually quite you know, full of admiration for Ange, and sort of saying mm-hmm. that he was he admires admires his courage of his conviction because um, you know, he remembers back when they, when they played the first game at at, at Town Castle when he started and he was getting slaughtered in the media and and you know playing this attacking brand of football and all this sort of stuff. So, in fairness to him, he actually <clears throat> he's been quite reasonable in the media both pre and post match. Um. So you can see that they had two weeks to set themselves up and <clears throat> apply, the, apply the press, and we probably didn't respond as well to that as I thought you know, maybe we should have. Passing was pretty pretty poor and, um, uh, yeah, resorting to sort of pumping along, which isn't really our game and isn't sort of Kyogo's sort of strength. So obviously setting off changes that, you know, the game is probably starting to turn slightly before that We're starting to just find a wee bit of space. It's very hard to do that high-intensity press for the whole match. That does lead to fatigue. And obviously, when they go down to 10 men, <clears throat> that fatigue obviously kicks in more so. Um, I'm a I'm Tommy. I would have had the sub zone, maybe not at half time, but I definitely, you know, Andrew's usually pretty good for a sub run at the 60 minute mark. And I was crying out for it then because it just, we had passages of play where the ball was just going square. They were sitting a bit deeper. We were just sort of squaring it along, passing it back. Starfelt was the player having to play the pass, the forward pass. And I'm just like, oh. It's just had like a bit of Brendan's, Brendan Rodgers sort of feel about it. I'm like, oh god, we need, we need some subs. On, we need Moy on. Obviously, O'Reilly was sitting on the yellow, so yeah, obviously that is in the back of your mind, um, so, you know, potentially even it up. So yeah, and then, and then we scored, and it's like, well, just so we're not the managers, eh? Because you know we'd have we'd have made a few substitutions, and god knows what would have happened then. But the the the, the, the yeah. You know, it was some goal, and both goals were actually excellent goals, and two bits of brilliance that actually unlocked Hearts and, and got us the win and, and, and won us the league. So obviously we'll talk about the goals in a sec, but um, subs did well when they came on. But yes, they were playing against tired legs, playing against 10 men, so you'd expect them to, to do reasonably well. Um, but we'll get into some of the individual performances. But Callum McGregor was still, I thought, probably the best man on the park. Um, there was one particular run in the first half where he managed to beat three players and they still managed to retain possession and square it to Atari who shot well wide but um, you know he was—you he could see he was, he was trying to get the team going because he knew we're a bit below our our usual selves. So um so yeah so answer your question, Sean, all of the all of the above.
0: <laughs> so Mahesh has come in saying uh, going by the momentum data, that was Celtic's worst half, uh, first half this season, uh, the movement was way off the pace first half. And that's uh, that was my observation of it was things like my when Maeda did get uh, faced up towards in the right direction, uh, there was the midfielder just kind of caught up to him and just overtook him and just got his body between Maeda and the ball. And it was like Maeda's like the fastest player on that bitch. how is that happening kind of thing, so there was a kind of, you know, a pedestrian nature to our, our first half performance in my view. They've also talked about uh, the fact that this team's maybe not used to uh, that kind of heavy press. Um, the, the we There's, a, we I think when Ange first started, we, we faced it more, and then as we started to get used to playing triangles out of defense, teams kind of stopped doing it. And I don't know if we've kind of gone away from that. It's kind of lost the habit. So I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but it kind of felt like it. Or I don't know if it was just because we had like Ralston in instead of Johnson. I'm not not sure if that played a part either. Uh, But I was astonished with the stat. that showed that we had more fouls and hearts because in the first half, I felt like hearts were just... Not, nothing bad, like nothing that was going to injure anyone, but it felt like they were just a lot of niggly fouls. Like I, I thought that, that Hellboy was about to get was one foul away from getting pinged for persistent fouling, but I was astonished when I seen that stat. Again, I don't know if that's down to the first, second half of loading. Paul, did you want to comment on that?
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it, the stats are probably skewed by how much uh, Nick Walsh tried to let the game flow. So there were lots of niggly fouls that he basically, we retained the possession and he just sort of let the game flow. There wasn't... There wasn't a huge advantage either way, whether you know, t- but he just let it flow rather than stop it for a free kick. So that's probably part of it. But it's, you know, it's, I think it's a valid observation. First half, going back to the the you know how we played out of defence. I think you can't really underestimate the fact that you know the back lines all changed. Bar Taylor, um, obviously, Starfelt's moved across. Kobayashi's in. Uh, Ralston's just back his first start and obviously played ninety minutes as well, which is pretty incredible given um, his lack of football. Um, <laughs> So, I, you're probably just a bit disjointed, but, you know, and Kobe Ash is obviously showing us in the past that he's willing to play passes out of the back and he's, he looks capable of that, but I just thought he was probably trying to force it a little bit, especially in the first half. He was he was looking for longer passes than CCV and Starfield typically look for. Um, and I guess the, the you know the longer the pass you make out of defence, the more risk you put on that, and, and quite a few got got intercepted. So uh, I certainly thought he looked he grew into the game. Um, but yeah, I reckon that's why one of the reasons why we were a little bit disjointed from building attacks. And I guess they pressed high, we were slow to build on attacks, and then they were able to reset and get behind the ball again. So yeah, yeah, we're, we were yeah, we were a bit off at first half.
0: And there's a, there's a few people in the comments agreeing. Peter McGowan, very concerning the way our performances are going. Yet another uh, very poor half. One of, one of the notes I took uh, was that Jota was invisible for about 20 minutes. And then uh, when he switched things wings with Maeda, it was Maeda that became invisible. So it kind of occurred to me that it was actually, we just were getting nothing going uh, down the right at all, to be honest. And then obviously that situation kind of changes in, in one moment where Long ball over the top. I can't remember who it was from now.
3: It's Ralston. It's, it's, I, I. think it's you know I think calling that long ball is it is a long ball, but I think it's a it's a really good weighted lofted pass. Not, and, yeah. and it, no, okay. but it, I think it, it you know Ralston Ralston fair play to him. He's he's got that in his locker in terms of, um, his passing inside the fullback and over the top is you know is pretty good. So, uh, yeah, it was good boy.
0: So there's the the media coverage of it has all been uh, this kind of retconning around like how the rules should be applied in order to not give Celtic any advantage. And it's like, if you listen to, a, even on Saturday, if you listen to the, the post-match BBC coverage on Saturday about, like the like completely unrelated, Celtic weren't even playing. Sevco weren't even playing. It was a like Hibs game that was on. And like all the post-match coverage was ta- was still talking about how uh, VAR has been misused or could be used better to allow that Alfredo Morelos goal to stand at Celtic Park. And I'm like, what is going on here? They're having like a 15, 20 minute conversation about this thing that happened weeks ago and I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is EBT lineup here giving us lectures on how, what should be happening, not what the rules are. I'm like, oh, give me a break, man. And it's just went into overdrive since yesterday. So before anyone actually comments on the situation, let's just do a quick round. Uh, regardless of VAR, anything like that, just simple one word without any caveats. Uh, Anthony, Tommy, Paul, Yellow or red card for Alex Cochran? Oh, it's, a,
1: it's a red. It's a red
0: card. Okay,
3: um, red. Tommy, red. Paul, yeah, red.
0: So all these former pros that want to get involved in officiating games can go do one. They, like as soon as a, a, a decision goes in Celtic's favor, it's like, yep. Why is this wrong? How can we fix this? You know, Tommy, talk us through it.
2: Well, to be honest, I've actually changed my view because at the game, well, at the, at the club last night watching the game, I touched to my mum and I thought, oh, that's a bit harsh, you know, I thought if it was at the other end, I'd really a bit disappointed because there wasn't a whole heap in it, like he hasn't actually sort of went to triple where he had a tiny little maybe pull at him, but and then you see the still and you see the point of the contact where the decision is made and then, I saw that today and, look, to me, it's it's a clear red card. You can see Maeda's clean through. Who knows what will happen when Maeda gets through? Um, But he's got Kyogo in the middle as well. Um, So it was definitely a clear and obvious goal-scoring opportunity. So I completely understand there was a red. Um, Would have been disappointed if I was at the game and it was at the other end. But having seen it back, it um, it was definitely a red card. But a great ball through from Ralston. Um, who's definitely, you know, he's got form for that. Uh, Not all the time over the top. Sometimes there's some slide row passes in behind. Um, But yeah, definite um, definite red card on reflection. So I've changed my view.
0: Yeah, and most of the commenters are all agreeing with you, apart from David Spartacus, who's saying yellow. Uh, So again, I don't know if this is one of the ones where it's, uh, let's uh, don't ruin the game by sending off a hearts player. Can I just
1: can I just interject yeah, to say on. two things? First, for, on first view, and I thought it was yellow as well. And then when you see the replay, and you realise that no Hearts players within Q.E. of Maeda, then you're saying, well, it is a red card. So I mean, VAR was probably applied correctly because the referee probably wasn't aware of that either. That that even the camera view initially it looked like the Hearts players were right on top of Maeda, but when you when you take the panoramic view, it's like ugh, they're, no, they're nowhere near them. So. So Var did it. Var the right thing. It was a it was a clear and obvious error. Second part is Seamus Smith post match said, "Oh, Maeda still had a lot to do um, after that, like you know, to to potentially score a goal or square or whatever." But ultimately, Cochrane has made the decision to pull him down. Cochrane could have let him go and said, "Well, all right, Maeda, you've either be beat the keeper or square it to Kyogo." But he's chosen to pull him down, so he's committed a foul, and he's paid the consequences of that. and all this thing that Andy Walker and um, Faddy and all these people going, on, oh, it ruined a good game of football. It's like, the rules are the rules. Like, he's made a decision to pull the guy down. That's his decision, and that's the consequence of that as a red card. It's not like, oh, it's a spectacle, and the referee should just say, play on, because like, oh, it's going to ruin the game. I mean, these people are paid money to offer their professional opinions, and this is what you're getting. It's just absolute. I and mean, then, Finally, final point here, right? Flick over to the the Rangers uh, Aberdeen game and watch Dolson Greco, Roman wrestle Duke inside the box, and not even a free kick, a yellow card, or nothing. Just like, where's VAR there? Like Barry Robson was quite incredulous in post match, and he's rightly so. I mean, that is like there. You know, Bobby, not Bobby Madden. Um, John Beaton's missed it. Um, we uh, the the we the we conservative <laughs> uh, linesman on the sidelines missed it, and then the VAR referees missed it as well. So I mean, you know, the 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 Huns sort of non, no penalties all season thing, you know, carries on. Um, season's over, like you know, why not give a penalty? But anyway, that, that, I digress.
0: The, the only the only possible valid argument, other than people not wanting Celtic to get a decision in their favor, is maybe. That it wasn't clear and obvious. Paul, can you steal that case? What did you think?
3: Well, yeah. I th- it, the, to me, it is clear and obvious. Because, and like Anthony's touching it as well. At the end of the day, Nick Walsh has thought it's a yellow from his position, which is he's kind of behind and at an angle. So, to, to Anthony's point, he probably thinks that the follow up players are closer to Meira than they actually are. Um, if you look at it directly across the pitch, there's a good three or four yards. Amir is the fastest man on the pitch. So he's not getting caught. If Co- if Cochran lets him lets him go, he's not getting caught by anyone else. Kyogo's well ahead of his player, three or four yards, like he often is. He quite happily sits. It's one of my favorite things about Kyogo. He happily sits in offside positions um, on the basis that he knows if he's not the first man to receive, he'll be back onside by the time the ball comes in. Um, so I yeah, I really like how he plays, happily plays offside. But in that case, all Mieda has to—and and look, uh, there's a few jokins on some group chats I was on that, yeah, you have no idea what Meira's going to do with it. But that's not really the point. The point is, does he have a goal score? You know, is it a possible goal score, an opportunity? Well, it is. Either he, you know, moves in on, on, on the angle and t- has a strike, in which case he can possibly score, or more likely, he's doing a simple square pass, and Kyogo has got a relatively straightforward forward finish is just, just a keeper to beat. So you. I think the only thing that going against, uh, you know, the clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity is the fact there's a bit of a bounce on the ball, but you have to kind of say that Miera would, you know, in all likelihood, a professional footballer would be able to control a bouncing ball on the run and either have a shot or or square it. Um, So yeah, I don't, I think it is enough of, I think, I think the clear and obvious error is, um, there aren't players getting back. There isn't cover. And I think the ref probably thought there was cover um, or enough of cover to potentially make it a yellow as opposed to red. Um, and, and you know, on second viewing and Colin's only telling him to to go and have a view. Um, and Walker was quite happy to say, oh, why don't these referees just say, no, I'll stick with my original decision. <laughs> well, will they, when their eyes <laughs> show them why they should change their decision, they change their decision. Um, I don't think it's exclusive that every time they get sent to the to the screen they, they they switch their decision. I think more often than not they do because there's a reason why their attention's been drawn to it. But there are examples I can't think of any off the top of my head but I've seen examples over the course of the season where the ref wheels does go and have a look and he goes actually I'm sticking to my original decision. It doesn't we, happen very often but it does only happen I think one, David Dickinson maybe had one you know, like, well, potentially will he call, well, call one
0: and it was and it was the one the it was the Sevco player potential red card and he said no it was the who was the one that put the tackle on Ryan Jack, the revenge tackle. Oh you yeah. called over to review it and out against yeah, Johnson. Oh, it was on the Celtic player as well. Uh, the one that's on loan, Adam Montgomery. And he said, nah. So we've chatted a lot about performance and, and referees and the, the big parts of the game isn't yesterday. So, Perfectly valid, but let's chat about some players. So from from the semi final last week, we had uh, two changes to the lineup. Uh, we had UK Kobe coming in, deputising for Cameron Carter-Vickers, and we had uh, Anthony Ralston coming in for the also injured Anthony Johnson, uh, Alistair. Excuse me, who should be back uh, for the cup final, uh, Tommy? What did you make of the performances of these two defenders, uh, UK and Ralston, yesterday?
2: I thought Ralston um, was probably only second only uh, to me, or maybe third, in the top three anyway, for uh, Man of the Match yesterday. I thought Ralston was really, really good. He wasn't as uh, dynamic going forward as we've seen him in the past, but that's probably a result of you know not having played much football this year. And I've spoken about that a lot on this podcast over the last um, few weeks in terms of guys not having played football. It's difficult to get up to speed. So for him to come in and and perform like he did last week and then come in and play a full 90 yesterday, I thought he was really solid defensively. I thought he was really calm on the ball. Uh, He had a couple of great clearances uh, defensively in the first half. We were under a bit of pressure. Um, And I think he had McKay in his pocket after the first um, 10 minutes. Um, So I thought he was really, really good. Um, There was more to come from him once he gets a few more games and a bit more back up to speed. Kobayashi is probably one I was a little bit disappointed in yesterday. I've quite liked what I saw of Kobayashi so far. And he wasn't terrible yesterday. He wasn't great either. There was there was a lot of misplaced passes in the first half. Um I think um the sort of Shanklin was quite physical a few times with him and Janelli was quite physical and I think he struggled a little bit with that. Um but then again, going back to the same thing, he hasn't really played a lot of football. Um one good thing about Kobe Ashley there, I thought, was that even though when he had given the ball away a couple of times, a few bad passes, he didn't seem to let it affect him. The ball came straight back to him and he'd f- one touch here, one touch there, and found his targets. So he seems quite a, a pretty calm and, and composed player. Um so I'm looking forward to get see him getting a bit of a run in the team. But I think you can tell I think I've maybe been Anthony or Paul touched on earlier, you take two of the um guys that are there every week out of your defence, it's always going to be a little bit disjointed. And I think we got that yesterday, but um, both of them will definitely be better, better for the run.
0: Yeah, and I, again, agree. Uh, Kobe actually, we keeps we keep saying get him in to bring balance to, with the left side with the passing, and his passing was really poor. Uh, to be fair, even his, his heading was at the start, but he kept he kept the physical battle going throughout the game, and Ralston was just immense mm. defensively uh, the whole mm. game. I thought um, Starfield obviously had to shift over to the right. Um, Anthony, do you want to talk about Starfield's performance? Yeah, I
1: mean, he probably had a bit more of a senior role in the back line um, with no CCV <clears throat> and uh, Johnson being out as well. So, you know, him and, and Taylor had to sort of, you know, the two more established players in that lineup. Um, I thought he played played reasonably well. He sort of hashed the clearance for the uh, the roles shot that went wide. Um, he kind of probably should have done a bit better with that. Um, but, he, you know, he wins his headers. Um, I don't feel, I didn't feel at any point, that Hearts really pressured us from set pieces, so Hearts had quite a few corners in the first half. And you know, sometimes like when he's playing playing because sometimes it gives you a bit of the fear. But with Hearts, they didn't really feel like we we're under any real weren't really under the cosh. Um, and ultimately, they didn't have a shot on target the whole game. So I mean, as much as they they harried us and they hurried us, and we coughed up possession and whatnot, I kind of feel like we defended reasonably well. Like Ralston put a clearance in for one of the chances. Um, yeah, you know, I. Yeah, I, 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 it was it was frustrating watching it because you're just wanting to win so we win the league but we weren't playing well but also we didn't look like we were going to concede a goal either like it was I say it was like a stalemate but it was sort of like you know for all hearts huff and puff they didn't you know there, there was one chance to be Shankland uh, and Joe Hart pulled a really good save and it, it turned out to be offside um, so you know so that was probably you know you thought it was a chance it actually wasn't a chance and then obviously Rolls hits it wide then the flip side, Cat Starfeld actually bags a goal, obviously also offside to Ralston, um, the initial pass, um, he was offside in that phase. Um, so, yeah, you know, he had a good game. Um, and he plays the ball in initially for the first goal as well um, before it uh, comes back out. And then obviously, um, McGregor does his thing. Um, and I think, you know, I touched on McGregor before just to pivot a little bit, but um, that ball through to Hatate is something else. I mean, that's, the timing of that was just spot on. Hitati's made the run. He's just onside. Ball's played through. And then Hitati squares it. And Hyogo, with the absolute, you know, just the, the deficit of finishing and touches, um, he made no mistake. And obviously, it took a bit of a tumble and he, he came off as a result of that. But, you know, finally gets his 30th goal in the league. Um, I, I kind of felt it was starting to become a bit of a, a millstone around his neck. But, um, but you know, I've some goal to, 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 to break it and you know that's the the, the goal for me that that, that wins the league.
0: Yep, man, you it it, it covered quite a few players there, so I'm not, I wasn't sure My my launching point on to Paul here. Uh, Paul Kiogo, uh, so that's 30 goals for the season, 50 uh, overall for Celtic. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you like the way he, he kind of plays offside. Uh, did, did, he's three clear in the, the SPFL Premiership scoring charts, that's him on 24 goals now for the season, four goals, uh, four games left. I think the injury wasn't a real injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, what did you make of his contribution in Hitatis as well?
3: Uh, if you'd like to cover him too, yeah, we'd like to cover him too. Uh, look, uh, it was one of those games for Kyogo, which he's had. He has quite a lot where he doesn't really see a lot of the ball. Um, he doesn't need to see a lot of the ball. Um, you know, you give him, you give him one or one or two chances in in the box, particularly in a six-yard box, and you usually got a goal at the end of it. So, uh, as usual, his work rate was excellent. He, he took up good positions, as I, as indicated earlier on. He 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 happily like I, we were sort of b- because we hit the ball a bit longer. And I saw, I think um, I think Mahesh had, has, has put a comment in about how many long balls we tried. Um, yep. uh, there was, there were quite a few times because he takes that position up and he's happy to play offside by playing it long and playing it long centrally, he couldn't go for it because as, as soon as he makes a move for that, he's, he does become actively an offside. So he plays off, you know, off the shoulder of the defender, happily being offside because the first ball should be to one of the two wings and then if we shift it quickly either square or cut back he's well ahead of his his marker and and that's usually where he gets a lot of his space and creates a lot of his chances for so i think that was a bit of a flaw in in some of the the, the sort of rushing to, to to kick it up you know up, up long and up through the middle it's quite you know quite a fair tactic if you've got O on um because obviously he loves that that physical battle and, and to try and pull it down and and knock it off and and, and for players to play off around him but it, it doesn't work if if it's Kyogo that's through the middle so um as usual um put a shift in uh and took his chance and and pretty much turned the game in our favor um i, I think it you know I, I maybe have some if i was a hearts fan i might be a little bit annoyed with the keeping um it, it doesn't seem like he you know it seems like it sort of bounces on or off yeah. or over um uh the keeper um and and maybe it's just the sort of as he's sort of coming back and the ball's going in the opposite direction it just sort of puts him off balance but i thought the keeper would be a bit disappointed with his efforts there it sort of bubbled over him um but yeah great movement again um beautiful ball in by hatati and and and, and kill you know breaking a neck to get in at the front post and he's obviously sort of slightly damaged his arm i think in in the in the tumble but Given the celebrations that he was involved in, both after the match and uh, in, on the pitch, and, and back at South Park, from the footage I've seen, it doesn't look like it was of anything too. It doesn't look like he was he was in too much pain. So I would expect he will be fully recovered and he'll be he'll be back in the team for next week. Um, Hatati, um, I uh, I've seen some mixed mixed reviews and mixed commentary on Hatati's performance. I actually thought he he had a pretty good game. Um, comparatively not maybe obviously not up to his his absolute peak but if we think he's you know he's just coming back after a really long layoff um, yeah, i thought he was much better than he was last week um and you know a, a few of those you know key moments he, he had the volley which um he was a bit unlucky to that that was a great run as well and a good little dink and he you know nearly could have had a goal there um the run you know mcgregor's pass is great but it's nothing without the run from hatati so you need both for that to to be as good as it is um and then he delivers a really good ball in from kyogo and he does the rest um and he was he, i thought he just looked like he was he was up for it. And, it and the first half especially he was one of the few players that actually looked like they they could string a pass together and we're trying to create um, so I, I think I think Itati's, uh, you know it's great he's got more minutes under his belt he looks like he's picking up a game um, will you know who, who will be the two you know the two midfields with Carmack next week would be interesting Moyes had two good cameos now um, I mean, but O'Reilly saving those ones for
0: Tommy because Moyes yeah Tommy that's fine so yeah so it'd be interesting
3: well. to see where we go but yeah
0: So I've got a stack of comments lined up here that I've been saving for Tommy. Uh, So uh, we've got from Nax. uh, Admittedly, I still haven't seen the whole match, just bits. How'd Moy go? Thought he was looking good from the parts I saw. Uh, To link to what Paul was talking about, uh, going yourself saying, I think Katati plays better alongside Moy. Rather than O'Reilly, I actually thought O'Reilly was okay. Like, there's one point where he puts that ball over the top and Hattari lobs the goalkeeper, and it's like one meter away from being goal, a goal of the season contender. So I think the two, I don't think O'Reilly was bad, and he got booked as part of an evening up process for the the fact that they just sent off a Hearts player. So again, I think that was kind of harsh that booking. And then Cammy, De, did you see what we posted on Instagram as uh, we can't picture Cammy Devlin, and he just wrote the word dive on it. So he's he's called Cami Devlin out on social media. So fair play to Matt O'Reilly for that. Uh, We've got Peter McGlone. Moy has to start the next time. Uh, Mahesh is saying, 3-1 win over Hearts earlier this season. Moy started. Moy needs to start. He balances out the attack. Celtic midfield functions more evenly in attack. It was too easy for Hearts to jam up the left. And finally, Peter McGowan. When Moy came on, we started to get into dangerous positions again. Haxa did well too, as did all the sub had a big impact. So uh, with a little bit of looking ahead to next week, Tommy, but also in the context of yesterday, uh, should Moy be starting next week? Uh, is, does he deserve to be on ahead of, instead of O'Reilly or Hitati, or do you go with the status quo from yesterday?
2: I'm not sure if it's a case of a... a um... Deserves to be in ahead of O'Reilly. I think O'Reilly, as we've spoken about, sort of picked up for him in the last month or so. He's sort of been getting back to what we know he can do. I thought he had a bit of a quiet game yesterday. He was still working really hard. There was one point in the first half he chased back um, when they were trying to break on us, broke the attack up and got us going the other way again. And then, as you said, about he's um, passed into Atari um, early in the second half. So it's not that he's been playing bad, but... Everyone recalled here when I said I would have started Moy in the the, league, uh, the Scottish Cup semi-final a couple of weeks ago. And the, re- the reason I said that is because it's like, yeah, I understand he was pretty, he was terrible against Rangers um, with Parkhead. And then he was OK-ish against Komaruk in the plastic pitch. But I just thought you can't keep quality down for that long. And particularly he's a bit older and maybe takes him a little bit more time to get back into the swing of things, get a bit of his touch back. And I thought you could see that particularly last week when he came on. When he came on last week, I felt that he really solidified the midfield. He took the ball in tight areas, kept the ball in tight areas. Like for me, him and uh, Kalmak are pretty similar in terms of like, they don't give the ball away very often when when they're playing in normal fashion, normal form. So to answer your question, long way to get to it, but yes, I would probably start my next week with Hitari. It was good to see Hitari get a run um, yesterday and get nearly a full 90 minutes under his belt. I thought it was really good in the first half defensively when we're under pressure. He's always the guy that will try and make something happen with his pass. That's why his pass completion rate might not be as high as maybe Stafford or CCV or even Kalmak because he's always trying to force the play and make something happen. And just going back to the first goal that we scored, if you look at the run and the timing of the run and the way he gets in behind, and you think if we had that against Motherwell a couple of weeks ago, that could have been the difference. That for me, Hitachi just brings that just X factor to Celtic in the midfield. It just gives you something different. Can create something out of nothing. And even the ball across yesterday for Kyogo's goal, it's not an when he puts it across, it's not at an optimum, an easy place to hit the ball to make contact and get good delivery. He does it to get the ball across early, and then the way that Kyogo. I mean, I know Paul said that um, the keeper got asked questions of the keeper, but if you watch the way actually Kyogo lets the ball sort of just run across his body and sort of hit it, open up his body and hit it with the sort of instep. I mean, it's a quality finish. You know, he's probably deceived the keeper there. So Um, we're off on a bit of a tangent there, but I wanted to get that in about the goal. Um, But you know, you know, I'm an Aramoy fan, and um, nothing against the Riley, but it's no harm in having a rest next
0: week. Well, Mahesh <clears throat> agrees with you. He's saying that uh, O'Reilly was the problem in attack yesterday. Uh, his passing output on the right was just 15 compared to Tati 45. So he's probably in agreement with you there. Go yourself. O'Reilly got a yellow in the first half. I was thinking Moy would have been on from the start of second half in case of yellow for O'Reilly. And I think we were all feeling a bit butt-clenched uh, when he did, when that Cammy Devlin did do that clear dive just in case, you know, Officials are always looking for an excuse to kind of uh, even these things up. Uh, the last player I kind of want to focus on before we talk about some bigger subjects is the man, and oh, I guess this is actually a debate, uh, the man that's made the headlines. So Man News Now feed is absolutely littered with Korean uh, news articles uh, because they're proclaiming that Oh uh, has scored the goal, uh, which uh, won won the league for Celtic. When you win 2-0 to win the league, is it the first or the second goal that counts as the one that's won the league? Anthony, start us off.
1: I know you had this conversation on on yesterday, Sean. So <laughs> uh, I know I know where you sit on this one. Um, I, the, there's only two straws of thought. So obviously, you know, Coder's bag 30 goals this season. So you know, oh, gets this one. So do you, do you say he's a goal, his goal sealed it and, and won the won the league? Um, I gotta say Kogo because the hearts didn't look like scoring you know they don't have any shots on target but at no point did I feel that especially when they went down to 10 men that they were gonna somehow pinch a goal or whatever so I mean 2-0 puts a nice ring on it and just neatens it up and and no disrespect to, oh that was a difficult finish as well like compared to the one he absolutely missed against Motherwell which is an absolute sitter this was actually a wee bit a wee bit harder and, mm-hmm. and he had a go at Kilmarnock as well and he missed he missed one. He, he overran the post and, and played it wide as well. So he's learning he's you know, potentially learning his lesson here and actually, you know, finished it. Just to touch on Tommy, Moy just seems to do that. Um it's not an overlap, it's like an underlap where he, he runs along that six yard line and just pops up and just Hack just knows how to find him and just he just then just squares it and it's just all well weighted and and I just saw another tangent is that, you know, if Ange can figure out how to get Has to start like he comes off the bench, we've got a player there, but you know, he starts the last few weeks of, you know, when he started has not been good. So they need to figure out how they turn him from a Solskjaer into a, a Ryan Giggs or what you know, whatever you whatever the equivalent is. But he, you know, he's there's a player there. But, you know, he needs to be able to do it against at the start of a game rather than just against and defenses. But Sorry, I've totally gone all over the place, but to come back to the point, I, I think Choudhary's goal is the goal that wins the league because the man scored thirty goals. He's probably going to be player of the player of the season for the league, player of the season for Celtic. which is you know, when was the last time we had a striker that scored thirty goals? Would Lee, would Lee Griffiths, wouldn't it, or did, did Belly do that? Or did Belly get thirty-two uh, one uh, year? I think, did, But I'm not sure Griffin. if that was in the league.
0: Griffiths got forty. Yeah. It was thirty-one in the league?
1: Yeah. To get 30 in the league is uh that is an absolute achievement. And the minute, like his goals to touch ratio must be one of the best in world football because he goes through games where he doesn't even get a look in. The ball just plays around and he stands offside, and you're thinking, you know, and then all of a sudden he just pops up and he's like, Yeah, go. And he's like, hey. and then you know, it's just it's incredible that the guy's awareness is just you know, second to none, and and I think you might have touched on it yesterday as well, Sean, is that his finishing seems to be better. Like, when he first came to Celtic, he was guilty of six chances, he maybe scored two goals. Now, he's only getting maybe one or two chances a game, and he's snaffling one or both. So, you know, that, to me, <clears throat> is a sign that he's improved as a player because, you know, you in tight games like that, you're not going to get many chances, and yeah, he stuck it away, and Xander Clark. Yeah, you know, he's just wondering what's happened, but some goal, and that is the goal that won us the league.
0: Yeah, and I thought that always goal actually showed some really good movement, which is something you normally uh, again would associate with Kyogo. So, Paul, do you think he's a, a pretender to the throne, or you know, is he? Did you think he's learning from from the Japanese, or? Or what did you, what do you reckon? And who do you so, think? Sorry, interruption.
2: Sorry, go to me. Sorry, interruption. Was that was that a, a, a pun for the weekend?
0: No. What? Did I, 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 say, did I make a pun?
2: Pretender for the throne. Sorry. <laughs> you said a <I> pretender
0: <laughs> oh, for the throne. Actually, no. I, <laughs> I was
2: like, come on, mate. Not this weekend. Right, sorry, to interrupt. For
0: that for the Go on. Yeah, uh, Paul. Sorry. What, what do you reckon? Oh, did he get Keda yeah, look- or is it Kyogo?
3: Well, you know. They don't like Danny's point, they don't score. So if he doesn't score, it's 1-0 and we've still won and we still clinch the title. But he said his the second certainly makes it more comfortable and takes the pressure off. So you know it's pretty important too. In terms of um, is he is he a potential replacement for Kyogo? I don't think so, certainly not yet. Uh Kyogo's pretty close to the finished article, and and he's very rough around the edges, but he's showing a lot of potential for a kid that's as young as he is coming to um, you know, leaving home, coming overseas you know big club big pressure um and yeah he, he's he's missed some chances of course he has you know there's not many strikers that haven't missed chances when, when they get opportunities particularly when they're off the bench and they're only getting a few minutes in natural situation is that you potentially snatch at a few because you know you you've got that urgency and uh, keenness to, to to sort of um to make every second count when you're when you're coming off the bench, but if he's not learning off Kyogo, um, you know he's he's missing a trick because there's plenty to learn off of a, a player with his quality of movement and finishing. So, um, yeah, look, I think that there's, there's a lot to be there's a lot to be excited about about. Oh, um, he's certainly got potential. Um, and it'd be it just we'll have to wait and see if he can if he can you know live up to that potential. But I I guess I wouldn't be surprised to see us sign another striker in in the summer as well. So that will uh, that will make it even harder for him to get game time. But you know we want a we want a competitive squad, and we're going to be going on all fronts again next season. So yeah, that's that's the nature of playing for a club like us. I,
0: I personally uh, think that he's he's too focused on engaging in your physical battle. And the goal he scored yesterday, he didn't do that. He actually just runs off the player instead. Like, he gives him a little... Like push away but he's literally done a Kyogo run instead of what he'd normally do which is get his back against the player so I'm hoping that he's developing in that way uh, and that he will be even more of a contributor next season but I, I think- do think that it's going to be, he'll be going into the history books alongside Tommy Johnson and Harold Brattback and, and Jan Vinegar of because he's these kind of players whose biggest achievement was scoring on the day we won the league
3: I think there's a long way to go for him. You never know that that might be the case. That might be the case, or, he'll, or you know, he'll go on to, to to even better things. But I definitely think that, that he he needs some variety. But I do enjoy the fact that he's got that physicality in his game because um, it, it gives us another edge. It gives us another angle to 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 mix things up when. Um, when things aren't maybe quite going our way, so I do enjoy the fact that he's willing to engage in the physical battle. But I agree with you that it doesn't need to be the be all and end all.
0: So uh, thanks, uh, Paul. Uh, Tommy, did you uh, when you were in uh, Johnny Fox's? Did they show the post match, like the interviews and stuff, the celebrations, or was it just the the game then cut?
2: Um, they showed a little bit, but to be honest, like me and my mum left not not long after because uh, I wanted to go yep. home and try to get to bed. So I didn't really hang around for too long. So I thought, well, I'll catch up with it when I get home anyway, like on on Twitter and and YouTube and those sort of places. So, um, but they didn't cut straight away. They were still. Um, I mean, we stayed for probably about I think five or ten minutes, and then it was still it was still going by the time we left. So.
0: So I've been struggling to see this post-match interview with Postecoglou that everyone's talking about because of uh, the geo restrictions on it. I've even like been sticking my VPN on the UK and I still can't find it to be honest. So, uh, did any of you guys see it?
1: Yeah, this Sky Sports oh. one. The yeah. one on the pitch.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't get yeah. to. See it. They weren't showing on Celtic TV. Uh So, so the reason why I didn't see it. So hopefully you guys can actually hopefully calm my nerves but from what I've heard is that he was really emotional uh, which is not like him he's usually very stoic and when I listened to the BBC interview which is a different one uh, they ask him about if he's going to uh, be leaving it or whatever anytime soon and he just completely evades the question like he doesn't answer right. it so he doesn't commit to staying he just he's very evasive about the question so I'm hoping that you can maybe add some context to this post-match interview and whether you think that this is something we should be concerned about
3: well, so, sorry, tell me you go. Uh,
2: um, is- I was just going to say, yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah, I, I I, do vaguely remember watching an interview last night and thinking, oh, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Um, because it, it was non committal and it was all about, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the season. We've got a few games to go. You know, we've got to enjoy these moments. Yeah. Um, Get to the end of the season, and then we'll, you know, we'll see what see what comes next sort of thing. So, it did sort of um, make me think. Oh, hang on a minute, I'm not sure, but I like that. But having said that, it's just Ange, isn't it? Really, if you think about it, he's very so He places cards very close to his chest generally. So, whether we should get concerned about it or not, I think he'll be here for a crack at the Champions League. Um, but it, it did make me sort of um, have a second of hesitation for sure.
0: I think,
1: I think he he really holds it together the whole season. And I think when you fight they finally, finally go over the line, he has a moment where he's like, Thank like I finally I've done this. And you know, the the guy has a right to get a bit emotional. He probably has to hold it in. He stands on that touchline stoic as like all the time. Doesn't matter what's going on around him, he just stands there and he's just you Know occasionally he pulls a face or whatever, but for the most part, he's, he's very cool, calm, and collected. And you know, he, every every he's in he, the, the day is a human being. Um, yeah, he's showing a bit of emotion. I I don't think he's doing anywhere. Um, not 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 in the next season, I, I you know, after you know, the three year cycle, I'll be more worried. But I think Tommy says that he wants another crack at the Champions League, he's building something. Um, I don't think there's a job in England at the moment that would really sort of interest them slash, you know, the top teams, are they going to go for Ange anyway? Probably not. And is he going to go for like a mid-table, lower-table strap? Probably not. So, you know, as long as Klopp's in the job, I think we're alright. But, um, yeah, I, I just think the die guy, just sort of, it's like a mental release. He's like, I've done it. And he's got a wee bit choked up about it because, you know, he. It, I think that's just, that's just human. And, you know, I think it's just another... I think with him, you say, well, you know, in the the day, he's, you know, he's like, he's like us. He's, you know, he he enjoys his football. He's a fan, but he's not allowed to show that side of himself, you know, very often. Yes, I think we're... we're Sorry, Sorry I just, let me,
0: I'll come back to in a second, Paul. Uh, cool. Jamie Young saying in the comments, don't say stuff like that, guys, which is pretty much, I don't want to say it. I'm just worried that I'm reaching out for help here, okay? Uh, <laughs> Peter McGowan, Ange, here to stay. Why should he keep answering the same questions? Again, if it was just the that question on its own, I wouldn't be having concerns. But when paired with the fact that he's emotionally cracking, which he's never done before that I can remember, that's why I'm concerned. Paul, you?
3: yeah so we're talking about two different like the, we're merging the sort of two interviews here so the, yes, the yeah so the sky sports interview which you haven't seen is the one that's getting talked about as very emotional mm-hmm. i think it's been over egged if i'm being honest so he basically in his so he said it's right after the game the fans are all behind him basically he said it's you know this doesn't happen in a in a bubble you know you've got your family you know it, the players and the manager just do their job, but they've—it's all the people behind them, their families, that the sacrifices they make. And he's speaking—he's spoken about his wife and kids and the sacrifices they make, plenty of times in the past. But it's basically that that he's acknowledging. And I think just the connection to—you know—we we know that he's heavily invested in his family, and I think that is one of the things that will be part of his decision making, whether he stays or when he goes, or is how settled they are and how. You know we, we, how they build into whatever is next or whether he chooses to stay you know even longer than we sort of hope and expect so i think just a reference point to them and as anthony says the release of you know the big achievement uh finally being done uh that leads to it's i didn't think it was a massively he just you could just t- there was a little crack in his voice and you could see there was a bit of emotion in his face and i think it's been probably over-egged in terms of how emotional he was like I didn't think he was on the verge of a breakdown or anything I think he just yeah it it, just that 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 emotion of of what he'd achieved and and with the support of his family was 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 built into that and then the and then I guess when you take that reporting and you haven't seen it and then you overlay that on the BBC interview which is a bit later post-match stadium's empty it's a bit calmer and he just yeah it's it's an it's an less friendly interview style I would say and it tries to pin him down to oh you'll be here for the Champions League and I think he chooses to go well you're not putting words in my mouth um the season isn't done yes we'll celebrate tonight but there's more to do in this season and it, and he sort of brushes it off and he tries to close it down so I, I don't think I think you potentially we could potentially be putting one and one together and then getting six so I, I agree with the I agree with the guys I don't I think he will, unless something comes out of left field. I think he will want a crack at that that Champions League. He isn't done; is at least another season. I know there are commentators out there that are in the Celtic uh, Twitterverse that think he's even here for even longer. Um, which I would love that to be the case, but that might be wishful thinking. Um, but I, I do think that all things being equal, he will be around for a crack um, for next season and hopefully get another treble and, and and can produce something in Europe as well. Hope so.
0: So, uh, time's ticking on and thanks, guys, for making me feel better. I was worried and I don't feel as bad. So, thanks. Uh, Scottish Dun-
1: pessimism.
0: Yeah, it's the Celtic Under support group, you know. Hi, I'm Sean <laughs> and I'm an Um <laughs> <laughs> So, we, we, there's a couple of events that were non-Celtic Uh specific at the weekend that we'll cover on and we'll circle back to the Celtic game to wrap up uh, so Anthony, while well, you were off getting your your bottle of bubbles earlier, we nominated you to discuss the, the relegation battle if you'd like to pick up that
1: in the notes here. Oh, I, I can do my best Sean um, <laughs> thanks for that guys um, <laughs> I mean <laughs> basically Ross County have pulled um, Kelly, Kamarnik and Dini United back into the relegation strap, so they beat Livingston 2-0 so Livingston on a bit of a slump and uh, Ross County got all to play for. So they have dragged them um, back in. There's still a point behind Killy and Denis United, but obviously being the split, they all play one another. So Ross County have to travel to Tanadise this weekend. Uh, Denis United then host Killy in the penultimate game and then Killy-Ross County in the final day. So all our fingers are crossed that uh, Derek McInnes' is Kilmarnock get relegated because that just rid of Derek and it gets rid of a plastic pitch at the same time. So two birds with one stone. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, County are probably getting stuffed there with away games to both Kelly and Dundee United. Uh, so I'd be surprised to see them staying up. But as it well is, uh, just uh, related to that, the team that we'll be replacing, whichever of those three goes down, uh, will be Dundee, uh, who won the championship on Friday night. So all the games had to be played on Friday night. And the reason for this is that Queen's Park... Uh, Groundshare share Oakleview with Stenhouse Muir, so they have to play their home home games on Friday nights to avoid that clash. Uh, quite a game, finished 5-3, uh, and that meant Queen's Park finished actually third uh, after being top for quite a while there. So they're going into the playoffs against Partick Thistle at the moment, uh, and Ayr will be at the next round if they can get through that. But either way, uh, Dundee are coming up and good luck to Queen's Park finishing third despite not playing a single home game all season because every home game has been at Oakleview on Friday nights uh, Paul did you want to talk about the the women's team
3: uh, well I will touch on it briefly like we've, be, we've been covering it for the last few weeks so it would be a little bit remiss if we just avoided it because we lost <laughs> last Thursday um, <laughs> so yeah the the derby match um, well, we uh, we unfortunately lost that game 1-0 uh, there was a uh, not you know, it seems to happen, and it you know, doesn't matter what derby match it is. It was a contentious decision uh, where we had a goal chopped off for uh, what was very innocuous. that their keeper had a little flap, uh, missed it, fell over. I think Caitlin Hayes nodded it in, and uh, somehow there was a foul found in there, and uh, that you know, oh, left yeah. the game at one 0 So, uh, unfortunately, that gave us uh, took the took the league out of our hands. Um, so we will potentially be reliant on. Rangers for a favour, um, uh, to to get us back in it, but um, yeah, look, there's there's a fair bit to play for. We got back on track and beat Partick two one on the weekend. Um, both Glasgow City and Rangers won their games as well, so it's pretty tight at the top. Um, well, it's tight between us and Rangers, so there's there's, there's literally our five goals is the goal difference. Same points, seventy two points. Glasgow City are, are pretty clear with with a five point advantage, but uh, we've got to play them and they've got to play them. So it's still possible that we could win the league, but more likely is to try and hang on to that second spot to get the Champions League. So so that is uh where the women's league is at. But you know, it's good that we're even talking about it with the degree of um Focuses on it and yeah this thursday is um the glasgow city game and that is at celtic park so hopefully they will get a That's big right. turnout for that I, and i, I think know it's, that is it free if you have a season ticket or is it like charge? yeah i'm not 100 sure but i know that there's um i know the north Carver are trying to to sort of do the closest they could with showing the the, the bottom tier of the jockstein stand with a biggish turnout um and vocal um to show what that could be like um if they get their way in and sort of move that fan area into that whole whole section so i think there's i think there might be a decent turnout for for that comparatively so yeah if you are in glasgow get yourself along to that on thursday and it's also on sky sports uh so tommy And and celtic tv i think as well for us that are overseas
0: oh for a change that'd be nice uh tommy uh did you want to talk about uh some of the fans in england getting on board uh endearing themselves to the celtic faithful at the weekend
2: well, I just had to Google that. Given that you just sort of dropped that, sort of started before we came online, um, and one of the first things that came up was uh, P- Piers Morgan slams Liverpool fans. So, given that he slammed uh, Celtic fans uh, the previous week uh, for our, um, serenading of the of the monarchy at Hamden Park, I think we're in, I think the Liverpool fans are in pretty good company. So. I haven't seen too much about this to be honest so there's a bit of a um, kerfuffle about them the Liverpool fans booing the National Anthem when they played the National Anthem at the game before Brentford on the weekend who cares really who cares (laughs) at the end of the day seriously like you know everyone you know you can have your opinion and you know everyone's entitled to their opinion Um, most people this day and age um, are mature enough to understand that everyone is going to have a different opinion um, and I'm not going to try and get too political because I could go down one of those rabbit holes. Um, but the fact that uh, Piers Morgan has slammed them uh, puts them on the same page as Celtic fans. So I'm pretty comfortable with that.
0: Yeah, mate, look, I am absolutely here for it. I care because I really love these jokes <laughs> about the the monarchy. And I strongly recommend anyone that's not seen it uh, watches uh, Frankie Boyle's Farewell to Monarchy. It's very good. Some of the material there is amazing. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't repeat any of the jokes on our podcast because we are, uh, we may get censored, not good, etc., etc. But cetera. That's, that's
2: what I was trying to be very careful as well, for, yeah. um, to be honest.
0: <laughs> if you search for it on YouTube, it's well worth the 45-minute uh, watch. Uh, so let's circle back to the the only coronation that actually mattered at the weekend, uh, the crowning of the champions in Scotland, on uh, a meritocracy, not on uh, birthright. And uh, what we'll do is just remind everyone to celebrate to enjoy the occasion and even though it wasn't the stellar performance it was a victory it was a clean sheet we had uh, you know we we fought through circumstances difficult venue not too many away fans it was a good way to cap a a, a season a title win even though we've got four games left we've, we've won it with four games to spare on an enjoyable day now Despite the fact that it wasn't a classic performance, that might have made it more difficult for this last part, which we always round up with, uh, which is that, who is your man of the match? So I think uh, Anthony might have given us a spoiler earlier, but let's just confirm. Anthony, who was your man of the match from the, the Edinburgh Rangers versus Celtic game at the weekend?
1: Uh, I'm really with Cal McGregor. Um, I just thought he put a captain's performance in. Um, his pass unlocks uh, Tassi for the first goal was trying to grab the green by the strap of the neck <clears throat> and very tidy in possession. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, first half, you know, And I can understand why, you know, people don't know the subs made big, big impacts, but you've got to play the whole game. Like, it's all well and good coming on against tired, tired legs. So, you know, for me, McGregor. And, uh, yeah, fitting considering that's the game that, that clinches the title. And he's, his post-match interview was very good as well. Like, just... It's not lost on him, like you know, he you know, he celebrates like he realizes players in the team that this is their first first title. There's players in the team, it's multiple titles, and you know, he's just and I guess this comes back to Ange as well. I'm gonna digressing again, but just a really good bunch of guys. Like they all come across as genuine, nice guys. And it's unusual in sport to have that because usually in sport you've got to be a wee bit of a bastard because you've got to be competitive and have an edge um so you know the fact that he's managed to recruit a bunch of guys that all seem quite you know the, the morale and their camaraderies obviously helps when you're winning but um the, it seems to be there so i just think that that's um it's a big tick for Ange, a big tick for the squad but um leading that team on the park is um is talon mcgregor and he's my, my man of the
0: match yep Le- leadership through professionalism not through uh, selfishness tommy who did you who who's your man in a match or person of the match, I think <laughs> they're going with these. Player of the play out of the match, player of the match.
1: Yeah,
2: CalMac, CalMac. Every day of the week, when everyone was giving the ball away in the first half, he was the only guy that didn't give the ball away. He was the one that took the ball and drove it from the inside of our half up until the edge of the 18-yard line. They really tried to drive the team on. You can tell when you look at him that he could play at the top level. Like he just, he's, he's got that quality, and we're very lucky to have him. So. um Calmack um, for me was definitely a man of match. Closely mm-hmm. forward, I thought, as I mentioned earlier, Ralston had a really good game considering where he's come come from and staff felt was just superb. Again, great defender, one on one. And just touching on um, what Anthony said just about Andrew, there was a tweet last night from one of my old mates in, in Glasgow, and he was just talking about the squad, and he was saying, you know, he says there's just such a great humility about them along along with their um, obvious talent and their steely determination you know just a great bunch of lads and that really comes across it really comes across all the time with them and for me it's uh, I went back to him at the same point and saying Ange it's all about Ange in terms of building the culture and Ange speaks a lot about when he looks for a player he doesn't just look at the player and the talent that they've got he's like is this the right person and for me, what he's saying is like: Do they have the right values? Do they have the right attitude? Do they have the right morals? All those things are going to make him a good person, not a great, just a, a good footballer. And um, yeah, I think we're very in a very fortunate space as Celtic fans at the moment, and um, all may it continue.
0: So I think it speaks volumes that so far no one in the comments is committed to naming a Man in a Match uh, when normally we get about five or six. Uh, Mahesh has put himself out on a limb by saying some data sites are giving the Man in a Match to Hitati. Uh, <laughs> so that's as far as we're getting. Uh, and Kaiser's just going with, they all get Man in a Match. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, there we go. Belfast Celt is committed to, to McGregor as well. Paul, what are we going with for yourself?
3: Yeah. So honorable mentions, uh, definitely to Starfelt who was uh, super solid. Um, and actually I, I considered looking at hatati for, uh, for man of the match as well. I thought he had a really good, good game and getting much closer to, to what he can produce, but yeah, I'll go three from three and, uh, the skipper gets it for me too. Um, he, you know, I think the problem, the thing, the reason why you might consider not giving it to him is because we absolutely take him for granted. I think like he's, he's, We talk about this with CVCCV and him and one or two others, that they just produce such a high-level performance week in, week out. Um, And when you're used to that, it's sometimes easy to sort of overlook quite how good that their performance is and and the level and standards that they achieve week on week. So, yeah, um, led from the front again, led us to -to back-to-back titles. He's done a stellar job stepping up um, and filling in the boots of Scott Brown to the point where... Does anyone even think we're missing a player of Bruni's caliber and what he's done and achieved at the club? Not really. So I think that speaks volumes in itself. And uh, yeah, he and he's grown into that role really well as well. And he, to the, as, as the guys have said, he spoke really well at the pitch afterwards. And I, I think he's a big part of Angie's obviously a massive part, of, but I think I think Cal's a big part of um, how that group operates together um, and the camaraderie and this team spirit and. That the kind of will to win and, and the fight and the will of, the actual team element of it. So yeah, great performance again and um, a brilliant season from Cal too.
0: So some people might fall off. Uh, no matter what I say here, Cal Max got the the popular vote in this podcast. But and some people may like, have to reset their computer or check their, their headphones when I, when I come out with my vote here. But I'm actually going to say my manner match matches was Carl Starfield. Uh, and now everyone, like, <laughs> I'm fa- famously giving such a hard time. But, like, I thought he was brilliant, uh, it's particularly in the first half. Like, he really stood up and filled the void that CCV left. He was uh, brilliant in the air at set pieces. He, when it was, when he was one-on-one with the ball, Barry Mackay had the ball to see it, one-on-one, like, nervous situations and he just, just handled it perfectly. I thought he was absolutely excellent and he uh, really led the back line well in the absence of CCV. But Cal Mack gets the 3-1 to one vote and you guys all did give Carl Starfield uh, an honourable mention so uh, we can probably say he was the, the runner-up uh, from the weekend. So we are well over an hour now so unless you guys have any more pressing thoughts, Anthony, uh, we'll wrap up.
1: No, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to sit down and watch the Millwall Blackburn game. I make some Red Hot Millwall fan. Last game of the season, if they win, they get into the playoff um games. So, you know, some right set with them. He's in LA and I'm in Perth. So that's what I'm planning do doing about half an hour's time. Cool. Tommy.
2: Yeah, nothing for me, mate, other than maybe just a poser. Um going back to when um when I was when I was a kid, just getting into Celtic, my favourite player was Paul McStay, homegrown Celtic, central midfielder, Celtic captain is Karl Mark sort of reaching those levels. I mean, Paul McStay, for me, he was he played in the poor Celtic team for the most of the time. Centenary season will live long in my memory. Um, but just Calmark Mark, I, I don't know if I've seen a better homegrown Celtic midfielder since Paul McStay. And he's up there in the conversation.
3: Paul? Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that, Tom. Paul McStay was my hero as well, growing up. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's hard because you've got that childhood sort of starry eyedness about those players and it's hard to sort of put you know a more adult mindset on that um, but yeah McStay dragged that team forward for years pretty much almost single-handedly a bit of help from John Collins at times um, but yeah Cal's you know his record speaks for itself in terms of trophies one um, and, and general high-level performance so be, he's definitely in the conversation uh, for me uh, not nothing else just uh, oh Johnny likes to do a bit of a music re- a music uh, re- recommendation on a, on a Wednesday when he's on the pot noodle. So I'll give uh, a little shout out to the Nationals album. Um, the first two pages of Frankenstein uh, came out a week or so ago. And if you like uh, sad dad rock, get yourself involved mm. right up my street.
0: Uh, one thing we probably should have mentioned earlier in the other news, but I totally forgot about, was that the Celtic youth team won the the Youth Cup against Sevco Hamden last week. Um, a game where the crowd was apparently totally populated by the unders, uh, like the under 12s and 13s supporters who were going absolutely mental at the, the, the free-scoring game. Uh, but just when you guys were talking about uh, Calmac there and and his position is in the annals of or history. Uh, the one the player that won manor match in that game was Kyle Ewer, who didn't actually score any goals, but he was the captain uh, in that game, and he was getting comparisons to Callum McGregor. And what was interesting was there was also some meltdown on uh, the follow follow forums because apparently his family are all season ticket holders at Ibrox, and was he was released as a kid uh, from. Uh, from the forces of darkness and is now captaining the Celtic youth team to victories at Hamden against Sevco already and he's only 16-17 so that was an interesting uh very
1: quickly of... Sean I just want to yep. say that the the Rangers youth team actually applauded the Celtic team when they won the medals as oh, well so is nice. that a, a, so I wonder if we'll get a They're guard of honor the, I wonder if we'll get know, a guard the, of honor in they... Mordor this weekend probably no. not but you never know but it's
0: good that they showed the adults how to do it that's interesting isn't it Whereas like standards yeah whereas you've normally got coaches in the ladies team chucking out headbutts and stuff like that but
3: anyway Uh, if uh, you got a headbutt from if you got a headbutt from the rangers youth coach you'd probably just bounce off if you've seen his hairdo it's like a it's like a a big fuzzy flat cap so it probably wouldn't do you too much damage. (laughs) right
0: we're well over an hour better wrap up guys right uh Enjoy the league win. Follow us on all the socials. Please like this video. really helps the algorithm. Uh, follow us on Twitter individually as well if you get the chance. Etc, etc. Uh, other than that see you all next week. Follow, tune into our Tuesdays and Wednesday shows and hopefully we'll be celebrating a win at Ibrox uh, next week uh, when we see you again. Thanks everyone for tuning in.
2: Podcast Network.